0: Jude verse 18 is where we'll spend our time tonight, but we uh, want to begin because I gave you some homework last uh, Wednesday night. Hope you remember to do your homework because uh, it wasn't all that hard. It was pretty easy if you just take a look and spend some time thinking and uh, you'd be able to answer the questions. But anybody remember the homework that I gave you? I'm going to go around, I'm going to check, make sure that you got it. Anybody? Right at the end, I gave you something to think about. All right, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to deduct points, though. I'm going to help you out, but I'm going to deduct points. All right? Uh, The question was, what's the difference in what Jude said in verse number 18 and what uh, Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse number 3? Okay? There's a difference that is is found within that. And uh, anybody, now that I have deducted points, anybody want to speak up? Tell us what it's all, what the difference is. Am I going to have to make you wait till next week so you can do your homework? All right. All right, let's, let's go back and let's look. Now, before, we, before I actually get into that, I want, you to, I want you to think about what we said about verse 17 last week. We spent the entire lesson last week on verse 17. And I said last week that verse 17 is probably not the most important verse in the Bible. But it is one of the most important verses in the Bible because of the, the concept, the idea that it puts forth, that we are to remember, put in the forefront of our mind, we are to remember the English Standard Says Predictions. We talked about it last time about the words spoken before by the apostles. It's the foundation of the apostles that they built, that we are to build our faith upon. And so whenever we... Whenever we're studying or whenever we're trying to determine what we're to do, how we're to worship, all of the things that, that we're to do, we are built, our, our faith is built on what the apostles taught us. And so we need always to go back to see what the apostles wrote, what the inspired men of the Bible wrote. If we're going to do anything in religious matters and, and anything in our life, we need to remember that we are to, to check back now. I said last week (coughs) that uh, Jude has something particular in mind that he wants to bring to their mind that he wants to remind them of, and that's found in verse number 18. Remember, they are dealing with false teachers. Jude Jude had intended to write about the common salvation, verse number 3, but he found it necessary. We talked about that word and how the importance of it, the danger that was there, uh, that's implied by the word how that it was necessary for him to write in regard to these things. And so we've talked about all of that down to here to verse number 18. He talks about the remembering and then he tells us the specific thing in this case that he wants us to remember that the Apostle said. He said, They said to you, In the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. Okay? Now, I want somebody to read, go ahead and read, because hopefully somebody has it open by now, 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse number 3. Okay, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 3. Somebody have it? Okay, now look at those two. This is just right off the bat here. What is the difference in what Jude says and what Peter says? Catch anything, see anything, look at it carefully, and that's why we always talk about when we're studying the Bible that we look at it word by word. Brother Winkler used to say, as I've said before, not only do you look at it as a book, but as as uh, Old Testament, New Testament, as books in the Bible, as chapters, as verses, as words, as uh, letters, by even the letter. Okay, do you see a difference in what Jude says and what? Peter says Difference in mind is
1: Jude says they said to you and then verse three here says knowing this
0: first. Okay. Well that that's that's a little bit different. I, I, I was talking more about the message itself. In the Jude says, in the last time, and Peter says, in the last days, okay? Now, why is that important, or is it important at all? Well, let's talk about the phrase itself for a little while tonight. Let's talk about, first of all, the idea of the last time, or the last days, rather, that Peter talks about, and then we'll come back to the book of Jude, okay? Peter says the last days. Now, if we were to break down the original language, we'd find that the first part of that, the word that's translated last, means simply last, final, or end. And then the word that's translated days in Peter, 2 Peter, means uh, uh, the space between... The dawn and the dark, or a whole 24-hour period. That's the definition of the word that's used. And so it's literally in the last days, okay? Now, when are the last days? Is that phrase ever used in the New Testament uh, prior to what is said here in the book of Peter? Yes, it is. And we can determine then by looking at that and another passage that we'll spend some time on tonight, but we can determine when the last days are. Now, before we go back and we, we read that, a lot of people, when they see the term last days, what do they automatically do? What's the first thing that they, they jump to? End of time. End of time. Somewhere, somewhere at the end of time. We don't know when it is, but we just know that's going to be the last days where we're jumping into the future. Okay. And so what does Peter and what does the other writers of the New Testament, what do they mean when they're talking about the last days? Well, go back to the book of Acts, if you will, for just a minute tonight. In chapter number 2, look at verses 16 and 17. Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And we'll find that exact phrase used there in that passage. Okay? Now what happens before we read verses 16 and 17 of Acts chapter 2? What is happening in Acts chapter 2? What's going on in Acts chapter 2? We have Peter preaching. We have at the beginning of the chapter, we have the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles. We have Peter and the rest of the apostles. The Bible says they were preaching, okay? And, And what had happened? Well, when they saw all of the commotion that's going on with the preaching of Peter and the apostles, what happens? They accuse them of being drunk, okay? And so we get down to verses 16 and 17, and, and in Peter's explanation, what does he say? Somebody read verses 16 and 17. Acts 2, verses 16 and 17. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel.
1: And it shall come to pass, in the last days, God said that I will pour out of my, flesh, my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy
0: Okay, we could go back to the book of Joel and read it out of the book of Joel, but, but what did Peter say? He said, this, this, what this? What's this that he's talking about? The goings-on on the day of Pentecost. Okay, it's not, not difficult for us. Whatever it is that's happening, that they've been accused of being drunk this it's, We're not drunk, but this is what was uttered by the prophet Joel. Joel prophesied it. Go back to Joel chapter 2 and you can read it back there. Joel prophesied it. But what did Joel say? First part of, first part of his quotation there. In the last days... When were the last days going on? Right now. <laughs> well, it was, actually, it was actually going on then. then, because he said this is what Joel said when he said in the last days God would pour out his Spirit. And so the last days can't mean the time just before Jesus comes, because how long has it been since Peter said that? I mean, we're, we're knocking on 2,000 years since Peter said that, okay? And so the last days, the last 24-hour periods, if you will, uh, Peter said they'd already started back then. This is what's happening in the last days. Let's go before we talk about it more. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, go to Hebrews and look at chapter number one, if you will, and look at... Verses one and two. How does the book of Hebrews start? Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two. And I will tell you before you get there, we have the same phrase that's used by Jew or by Peter, and by Luke in the book of Acts. That quoted Peter. Okay, somebody got it.
1: Long ago. Last days he has spoken to us like his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also
0: he created the All right. Long before God had spoken through the prophets, but when had Jesus spoken, I'll just make it short here. In in these last days Jesus has spoken to us. Okay? So we're not going by what the Old Testament prophets said. We're going by what Jesus said. But I just want us to notice what he said, how he said it. In these last days. How did Peter and the writer of the book of Hebrews use the term by inspiration, last days? Meaning what? not the last days of creation, if you will, the last days of the world, but in this last Christian age. The last days. We had the patriarchal age. We had the Mosaic age. And now we have the Christian age. And so... Jude is writing about something here, and Peter was writing about something that would happen in the last days, okay? Now, let's see, if we, if we come to understand the last days that, that Peter talks about uh, in both Second Peter and in Acts, and then the writer of the book of Hebrews talks about, if we come to understand that as uh, the Christian age, can we confirm that? Well, let's go to Jude. In Jude, Jude says what? They said in the last... English Standard translates it last time. In the eschatos chronos. In the last eschatos chronos age. In the last age. You see... Peter doesn't use, I mean, Jude doesn't use the same words, last days. He uses a different phraseology, the last time. And chronos means simply a space of time. A space of time. Jude said last 24-hour periods, if you will, used that terminology. Jude broadened it out and said it's the last space of time, last age, if you will. And so when we look at it then, we're not looking at at something that's still in the distant future. And and what was happening to Jude's readers was happening in the last days, in the last times, and not some far-off distant period. It was the last times. Now, you know what? Peter uses that same phraseology too. He doesn't use it in 2 Peter. He uses it in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, when he said, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times. Who was made manifest? Well, if you read the entire chapter there or the context of it, you know who was made manifest, who was, who was shown. Who was it? It was Jesus, the Savior, he was, he was made manifest in these last times, same words that Jude uses in verse 18, for the sake of you, who through Him are believers in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And so we have this great period of time in which Christ would come and He would be preached, He would be made manifest, this this 2,000 year period so far, almost, that we're living in. And we are in the last days, last age. And so I just wanted to point that out because I've told you a number of times as we've been studying through the book of Jude, that Jude and Second Peter are sisters, they're, they're twin sisters. They, they cover many of the same topics. And yet sometimes, as here in verse number 18 Peter says one thing and Jude says something else, but they both mean the same thing. Both are referring to the same thing. Now, that's going to help us out. We're going to come back to that in just a minute, okay? But let's see what else Peter has, to, or rather Jude has to say here. He said, In the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. What is a scoffer? That word that's translated scoffer is used only here and in 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse number 3, we, when we read that passage just a little while ago, uh, we saw that word used there, translated as the word scoffer. What is a scoffer? Word can mean what? A mocker? Or in this case, he's referring back to those who are the false teachers who are, as we've already noted, denying the only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of those things that we've studied so far. He, he's, he's talking about these. They're, they are these who are mockers. Now, Peter just says that uh, they desire, that they, uh, uses the word desire, uh, lust, and it's sinful. Uh, uh, the word is added for uh, clarification, but... But Jude, when he, when, when he talks about these, he says that they are following their ungodly passions. Their passions. Both of them, both Peter and Jude, use the word uh, passion or desire. And the word passion or desire, I guess I probably should say this the word that is translated pas- or, or passions here. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a bad word. It can be either good or bad, depending on the context of the word. Uh, For example, in Philippians chapter 1 at verse 23, Paul said, I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to do what? To depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Okay, And so he uses the same word that's translated passion here, he uh, uses it again in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse number 17. Uh, but since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. And so the idea of a desire is not a bad thing, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but, but the word sinful is used in Peter and the word ungodliness Ungodly passions is used by Jude. That's an interesting word, the word ungodly. It, it is an opposite of the word for godly. You would think that when we talk about something being ungodly, but the same is true in the, in the original language. It's the negative of the word which means piety, goodness, and godliness. These people were were the negative of that. They were characterized by impiety, wickedness, and ungodliness. And so whatever desires it was that they had, these folks are called by Jude ungodly. King
1: James says ungodly lust. Uh-huh.
0: That's the that, that desire, that passion. Uh, lust, sometimes translated lust, but uh, the word original word can be used in either way, such as what Paul used it in the, the book of Philippians and First Thessalonians, and so we've got the ungodliness, the ungodly part, the passions, the desires that they were having, that were coming coming out. Uh, what is it that these men have been doing, and, and that we've noted? Already, They're doing things for gain, are they not? If you back up just a few verses. uh, Gain does not necessarily mean uh, for money, but they're doing it for followers and so forth as we talked. And and so uh, they're pulling men away. Uh, The whole book has described uh, this ungodliness that they are promoting within even the church. Uh, He compares them to as we noted before compares them to uh, Sodom and the cities that were destroyed with their ungodly passions he compares them to those who were uh, the angels who had left their uh, estate you know their 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 limited place of authority we, he compares them to all of that all of this is combined all of this is is characterized by this idea of these ungodly ungodly passions now Let's let's talk more about this idea of these ungodly passions. Let's go back to the book of Acts. Let's go back to chapter 20, verses 29 and 30. Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30. And let's see how, how this develops, if you will, throughout the Bible. The things that are playing out, some of them here among the people at that Jude is writing to in these days. What does, what does Paul say to the elders at Ephesus there in Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30? Somebody read it. All right. What's the primary purpose of those who are the sheaves in, or the 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 wolves in sheep's clothing? What's their primary purpose? Look at the last part of it again. Let let the Bible tell you what the primary purpose is. Uh, Did we just not? Did we not just get through saying that these men were doing things for gain, such as drawing followers away? Okay. And so Peter or rather Paul had said something similar all the way back when he was when he was on earth and when he when he was talking about uh, uh, talking to the church at Ephesus he said hey there're going to be men who rise up uh, they're going to they're going to divide the church they're going to do that in order to draw followers away after themselves now why would anybody want somebody to follow them, ungodly passions, some kind of complex, some kind of idea. I know more, I know better how to do religion. I know more about what God wants and what God, uh, God himself knows. And so, you know, even back in the book of Acts, we have that, okay? But now, go to the book of First Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verses, we're going to do a long reading here. Let's just go ahead and read verses 1 through 8. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to, whoever starts, don't jump because I'm going to stop you here. Who's got it? whoop, stop. The Spirit expressly says that what in the, just translated the latter times times here, but we've got the same phrase that's being used as last times in the book of Jude. What did the Spirit expressly say was going to happen in these days that we're talking about, these times that we're talking about? Go ahead, Bert.
1: Some will depart from... Thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. You said today.
0: Uh-huh. Through verse 8. Uh,
1: you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Having have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every day, in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for
0: the life to come. All right, let's just focus a little bit on on what he said. He said something's going to happen in the last days. Okay, the latter times. As it's translated, actually translated here in First Timothy and the. English Standard Version. Something's going to happen. There would be some who would do what? Depart from the faith. Isn't that what Jude's been writing about? People have been trying to get others to depart from the faith. Okay, And he goes on and he starts talking about uh, some different things. Uh, talks about how their consciences are seared. But look, at, look especially at verse number 3. Look at verse number 3. Who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving. Does that remind you of anything in our day and time? What? Do what? Catholicism? Catholicism? Now, they're not the only ones who have ever forbid marriage, but they followed after that, that idea. What, what is the... I, I definitely don't sympathize with them in their doctrine and all of the harm that they've done in, in God's kingdom, but what's one of the big things that the Catholic Church is dealing with right now? It's in the news. Homosexuality and, and priests that are molesting young men especially, okay? What have they even themselves attributed that to? I I just read a quote from one of their bishops the other day. What have they attributed that to? Do you know? Celibacy in in the priesthood. It wasn't always that the Catholics were to be... uh, uh, celibate, Some uh, prior, I forgot the date, but there was a time when they could be married, but there was a change that was made. What else? Notice another thing that said here that just happens to be, goes hand in hand, they forbid what? Eating certain, certain foods. When y'all were growing up, and you went to school, and you got a school meal on Friday, anybody... Anybody know what you generally got on a Friday? You got fish sticks. Why? Somebody had to work all the week, you know, to catch enough fish for everybody? Why did you get fish sticks? Some folks haven't, haven't put two and two together. Why did you get fish on Friday? Because of the Catholic religion. Now, I said that because... He said something was going to happen in the latter times, in the last days. Folks are going to depart from the faith. Jude's already talking about it. He said we need to remember what the apostle said back in verse 17 because some are going to depart from the faith. And there are other writers that write about the same thing that Jude is writing about. Okay? All right, look at another one real quick, another one or two real quick before we run out of time tonight. Uh, Go again to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And while you're turning there, I'm going to go ahead and read for the sake of time. Paul writes and says, But understand this, that in the last days, there's our term again, same thing Jude and Peter have been talking about, in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, Let's stop right there for a minute. I just want to stop. I know I'm stopping in the, before I get to the end of a verse. But does any of that sound familiar? Any of those things that Paul said would happen in the last times? Oh, I've seen posted on Facebook. I've seen posted on Facebook, people will take a picture of this passage in the Bible, and they'll highlight it. You know, and, and, and they'll say, be careful because the last Jesus is coming soon. Because this is the last days. Last part of that verse that I stopped, Paul tells Timothy, avoid such people. And what does that mean? Paul is writing to Timothy. He tells Timothy to avoid such people. What, is that, what does that imply? They're there. They're there already. Now how long ago was that? 2,000 years ago, almost. These are not things, Jude's not writing about something, Peter's not writing about something that was way far in the future. They're writing about things that were going on that the people that Jude is writing to had to be worried about, concerned with, is a better way of putting it. They had to be concerned with and protect themselves from. Remember, it was an emergency for, Peter, for Jude rather, to write the epistle that he wrote. He had to change topics and write this epistle because of the, the need that he, uh, that he had. And so, again, people get caught up in, in, in these things. Another passage, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Paul said, I charge you in the presence of God, of Christ Jesus, who's judge, uh, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom. Paul tells Timothy, preach the Word. He goes on and says, Be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from, tr- uh, from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. In your suffering, do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry. Again, the danger was not in some future time But the danger was then, else there would have been no reason for Timothy to have to watch himself. Number one. Number two, all of the signs, all of the things that we see, like Jude and Peter, it's happening. Those folks, there were some who, who just wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. And Jude addresses that. We've already talked about it. One last one because our time is about up. 1 John 4, verses 1 through 3. John wrote and said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, for many false prophets are gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, or the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Again, we talked about it when we were studying the book of 1 John a while back. You know, some people are looking for an antichrist of some kind of description that will come in the future. He was already there, and he's there because these people have been drawn away after their own desires, and they've turned themselves away from God. We talked about all of that back then. But Jude is trying to head that off. It's destroying a group of God's people. And Jude has to, has to stop that. And, and as a matter of fact, when you come down, uh, when you look at the, the passage uh, and see what they're doing in verse number 19, click me to 19, Larry. Notice what's happening. And we'll talk about this in greater detail next week. But what are these people doing? They're drawing people away to follow them because perhaps some of them have those itching ears, but these men who are doing it are causing what? Division. That's a special word for division. we'll talk about it next Wednesday night, okay? Uh, There are at least four different words in the New Testament that is translated division. And this one is, is interesting as we look at it, as we will look at it. All right, our time is up for tonight. We'll go ahead and, and stop. Uh, I'm at a good stopping spot. Uh, go ahead and study verse number 19 next time, uh, for next time. Uh, and, and probably we'll get into 20 uh, for next week as well. But uh, i not sure how much farther than that we'll get.